hey, good morning, Grace Church. Happy Mother's Day. We are so glad you've tuned in to spend some of your morning with us. I want to read to you out of Lamentations, verse, chapter 3, verse 22. It says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And can I just be honest with you? I am so ready to be back with all of you and worshiping and hearing your voices. But you know what? Our God is still good and he is not limited by a room. And so we are going to join our hearts together and we are going to worship strong. This first song says that we are grateful. And so wherever you find yourself this morning, let us choose together as a church to be grateful for our good and our faithful and our worthy God. Amen. All right, let's do it, church. Let's worship together.
God, that your praise would ever be on our lips, Jesus. God, you are a faithful, faithful God. And Jesus, I thank you for time together in your presence. God, I know for me, it just increases joy in my heart. God, as I know that I am not alone. God, I know that we are in this together. And God, that you stand with me. You stand with us. And we will make it through this, Jesus. We thank you for your faithfulness. We rest in the almighty hands of God this morning. God, thank you for this time in worship together. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, good morning, Grace Church family. We're going to continue our time of worship by receiving our tithes and offerings, so let's pray over those today. God, we thank you so much for being a faithful God who provides for us. Lord, we just pray over these tithes and offerings this morning that they would go to further your kingdom in the city of Federal Way. Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. Church, we know that this week, Governor Inslee outlined four phases to reopening our state. Working as a team diligently, we're planning new opportunities to grow and connect. We will make sure that we keep you up to date with our plans as we progress into each new phase. Yeah, we're glad you're here with us this morning. Go ahead and grab your Bibles, grab something to take notes, and let's hear our message for the morning. Today is Mother's Day, and we want to acknowledge all the women we're blessed to know. We rejoice over you, for your strength, your wisdom, your strong love, and your beautiful faith. Whether today is a celebration for you or a day of quiet reflection and healing, we're thinking of all of you. If you gave birth this year to your first child, our joy overflows and we celebrate with you. If you adopted a child this year or became a foster parent, we rejoice with you and we want to honor you in your commitment to changing the lives of children. If you continue to struggle with infertility, we are hoping with you and holding your hand in prayer. If you are exhausted and feeling underappreciated for all you do for a house full of kids, we applaud you, we love you, and we appreciate you more than you can ever imagine. And if you lost a child this year to death or miscarriage, we weep and mourn with you. And if your child is lost, to addiction or to the world, we hurt with you and we join you in putting our hope in the one who brings prodigals home. If you live with painful memories of your mom, we pray that you will find in a spiritual mother all that you never had from a birth mom. And if you're one of those amazing spiritual moms, we thank you for stepping up and being there when others couldn't. If you're experiencing an empty nest for the first time this year, we walk with you in this new season and are excited about the next chapter God has planned for you. If you're single, we celebrate your strength, beauty, and individuality and join with you in praying for the desires of your heart. If you're a single mom and wonder if you have the physical energy and financial resources to raise and provide for your child or children, we want to help you, and we will. And if you're pregnant for the first time, we prayerfully anticipate with you the joyful birth of a healthy child. And to all the special women on this Mother's Day, rest and delight in knowing that we are thankful for you, and we celebrate each and every one of you. Hey, Grace Church family, it's so great to connect with you today. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. We love you. We honor you, not just today, but each and every day. I hope you're finding ways to show your mom some, some love today. Um, but I know that there's some of us that our mom's not around. Our mom has passed on. And I just pray today that, that you would ask the Holy Spirit to give you comfort today, that you would be reminded 
about all the memories of your mom and cherish those memories, but also remember the lessons that she's given us. You know, I want to begin with saying this, and I don't ever want to take this moment for granted. I want to thank you for allowing us to be with you today in your home. Uh, it's such an honor and privilege to be with you. So thank you so much for staying connected, especially during this season. Thank you, Grace Church. But uh, let's begin like we always want to begin and ask, ask the Lord to continue to make his way into this space. And I'm not talking about your living room. I'm not talking about wherever you're watching today. I'm talking about your heart. Yeah. So let's get our hearts ready for God's word. Join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning, this great morning, God, as we uh, get to celebrate our moms out there, God, but also God just honoring them, Lord. But I pray a blessing and covering over every mom today doing the best she can, God, but by your grace and, and the strength you've given her, God, to, to raise her children, uh, though they may be little or grown up, Lord God, but they are still teaching lessons and raising their kids and loving them, Lord. We pray a blessing over them. We pray for this time, this moment, God, that you would have your way in every heart today that's watching. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, one of the things that I'm learning through this whole pandemic and just going through this season is that the, the biggest lesson that I've learned about myself is that I have very little patience. <laughs> My goodness. You know, I think that I have a good way of trying to hide that sometimes, uh, but, but it just comes out. Like, I am very impatient. I do not like waiting. And I feel like right now I'm forced to wait all the time. Everywhere I go, there's a line. Everywhere I go, it takes a little longer than what I'm used to. And, uh, and it's just, it's frustrating. It, it's it's a, so hard to wait. It's so uncomfortable to wait. It, it, it's so awkward to wait. And I don't think that I'm the only one. I, I think we all kind of feel that way. I think deep inside, all of us hate to wait on things. We hate to wait. We like to go at the pace that we set. But we know that the world and life doesn't always work out to, to, to go at the speed of our pace. Yeah. But we don't like to wait. I never ran into somebody that says that patient Patience is something that they're really good at. I, I've never ran into somebody that says that they like to wait on things. No, nobody does. We don't like to wait. And I was thinking about it this week, and I thought, why don't we like to wait? And here's the thing. This is what I came up with, is that waiting has a cost. Waiting will cost us something. Have you ever noticed that, that when you have to wait, you suddenly get very protective of your time, don't you? I mean, if you have your time to waste, then you're okay with that. You could do whatever you want. But if somebody's making you wait, if somebody all of a sudden in your life or, or in circumstances now, they're in charge of your time, you become very protective. And one of the things that I've been doing as we've been getting in lines, I've been trying to stay off my phone because I've been having a lot of uh, uh, funny moments just being entertained by watching people in line. Watching people get frustrated. Let me tell you, it's hard to hide your irritation because I see it. People get irritated when they have to wait longer. So I, I've been watching how we're interacting. How about this? When you are behind a person at a stoplight, okay, and the light turns green, are you the type of person that honks at them as soon as it turns green, even if it's only one or two seconds delay? If it is, you need to pray right now because you need some patience in your life. But we all hate the delay. We all, we all hate that. See, I think that why I'm talking about this on Mother's Day is because I think that of all the people on the planet, there is a group of people that understand patience, and it's our moms. I mean, think about it. Motherhood starts out with, with this long journey of a waiting period. I mean, whether it's 40 weeks of pregnancy or the long process of adoption or foster care, every mom understands the agony of waiting. You know, waiting to have kids or, or, or some people, some moms out there are waiting to start their career or waiting for their children to go from one stage to the next. I mean, moms have to wait. They have to have this patience. And I think it's good for us to learn this season of waiting through watching our moms, whether they're our biological moms or our stepmoms or our spiritual moms. But I think there's a lot to learn by watching our moms, how they can be able to take that and have some patience. And I know that God gives them extra grace. It takes extra grace to be a mom. But today's message is, is titled in the form of a question, and it's this. Are you wasting the wait? Are you wasting the wait? Now, I think that waiting might best describe 
what we're all feeling right now, what we're all going through right now. You know, we're waiting for life to get back to normal, whatever that is. We are waiting to go back to work. We're waiting for the phone call about the job. We're, we're waiting for the test results. We're waiting for the church building to reopen. Come on, somebody. We're waiting for the church building to be reopened. I know that's what I'm waiting on. We're waiting for the clearance to get the okay that we can plan that special event or that vacation that you've been waiting for. We're waiting to visit our family and our friends. And we feel like this waiting is, is, is harder than usual because we don't know how long we have to wait for. Here's the thing. It looks like this season... In this season, are we looking at it as something to just get through? Something to just, to just try as fast as we can to try to get through the season because it's so uncomfortable, it's so difficult? Are we trying to slow down a bit and reflect and go, is there a valuable lesson that I can learn in the waiting? Because I believe that there could be some transformation that could happen during this season of waiting. But the hard part is that we're all conditioned to, to not want to wait, Right. And I think technology feeds that because with technology, I mean, how many of you, um, you don't you you like to watch TV on a delay because you like to fast forward the commercials. You just don't have time for it. Right. I think one of the, uh, the biggest appliances that that's on the market right now that's selling like crazy is Instapots because we want our food to cook quicker. We want microwaves and shortcuts. We don't want a delay. We don't like the waiting. But I want to tell you something, something so true. If you got into the Bible and you read through the Bible, you understand that God does not waste the waiting. In fact, God usually does his best work in people while they're in the season of waiting. You know, there are things that God wants to produce in people's lives that could only come when they are waiting, when they are waiting I mean, you can look throughout the Bible and you can see stories, countless stories about people that when they were in their waiting period, their waiting season, God did his best work in them to prepare them for the next. But I know there, there's a tension here, right? We don't like the waiting. There's a tension in the waiting. So I want to ask you a couple of questions here to just kick off uh, this idea. Is there a right way to wait? And is there a wrong way to wait? And we've got to ask ourselves that question. And my answer to those questions are yes. And I have to be honest with you today. Is, as I look back in my life, as I reflect on my own life, I realize that a lot of my struggles, a lot of the, the bumps in my road happened because I did not want to wait for God's best. I did not want to wait for patience. That's why I'm so passionate about a message like this, because when I look back, I think that some of my biggest regrets was when times where I didn't have patience. And I had to live years with the consequences of that and had to recover. There was a lot of cost that it cost me because I was impatient, that I didn't want to wait on the Lord for things, that I jumped ahead. So can we and should we look at this season of waiting differently? What if waiting was more of an opportunity? Yes, I said opportunity. I know that's hard to hear, but what if our waiting is an opportunity? What if it's an opportunity to have things revealed? What if some things cannot come up to the surface unless we're in a season of waiting? And yet we're just trying so hard to get past this moment. But what if God wants to do his best work now and in this moment? That's why this is so important to me. Now, I know I asked you this question of, is there a right way or a wrong way to wait. So let's begin with the wrong way to wait. Let's start there. How do, how do we do that? What is the wrong way to wait? How do we know? What are the tell signs if we're waiting the wrong way? Well, let me help you out here. When we try to fill in where God wants to step in, when we try to fill the void, when we try to fill the gap, we try to do God's job. I mean, we're all, we're all guilty of that, aren't we? To jump a little bit ahead. But like I said, God wants to do a deep work in us. God is building us up for eternity, not just the here and now, not just for next week, but for eternity. And I think sometimes God has to do some surgery, and yet we want to slap a Band-Aid on those things. We might be bleeding and needing some deeper work in us. We need to allow Him to come in and do some deep-rooted work in us. 
Yeah, we just want to slap a Band-Aid and walk off even though we're deeply hurt. We have struggles that are deeply rooted, and yet God wants to take his time to really get down deep. And so maybe these waiting periods, maybe this waiting time is for him to do that. Will you allow God to have the time to do the surgery that he needs? Some of us have been praying these prayers, and God's saying, will you just stop? Would you just allow this waiting season to be a time where I can do what you're asking me to do? I believe God wants to do that. Maybe this is the time. The second thing is this, is we rebel instead of rely. You know, what usually, this usually happens when we walk with God for a little while. You know, we've experienced his grace. And what happens to us after a while when we, when we just experience so much of God's grace is that we, we, we think in our minds it's easier to ask God for forgiveness than permission. So we stop asking God for things. We stop praying about things like we used to because we think, oh, God will forgive me. So we start to justify our own jumping ahead of God. And let me tell you, friends, that is a form of rebellion. And I think a lot of us are starting to become comfortable with that. You often heard me say, I say this all the time. I say the right thing at the wrong time is the wrong thing. Timing is everything with God, trusting in him, walking with him at his pace. Oftentimes we get impatient with God and we want to jump ahead. My friends, I'm going to tell you that that's the wrong way. The third thing is this, is that we ship out before God can shape us. We ship out before God can shape us. Did you know this? Did you know that the Holy Spirit's job, what he does in our lifetime is that he works on conforming us into the image of Jesus. He, he, he works on us. He, and part of that shaping process happens in seasons of waiting. Because it's in seasons of waiting that he builds our character. He builds us to be faithful and hope-filled. And, and, and that takes some time. That takes some character development. And that takes time. And that's why we ought to wait. Learn to persevere. Learn to push through. Learn to find strength in the waiting. But let's be real. Here's the problem with waiting. This is why waiting is so hard. Is that... And I've experienced this a lot lately, especially during this whole pandemic. Like, like this is what I've been realizing about the waiting. Waiting really takes a toll on your soul. Waiting causes fatigue. Waiting causes you to lose your strength. In other words, waiting makes you weak. That's the reason why God wants us to understand this. Because there are times where we have to wait. And if we don't understand how to wait in the right way, we will lose our strength. Why is that? Because, because we are constrained by time. And we have learned to live life in time frames. And so when time is extended, when we have to wait longer than we think we should, it all of a sudden starts to drain our energy, drain our passion, starts to drain us and we become weak and we can't hold on to our faith and our hope and our peace. And let me tell you, when you run out of hope, faith and peace, you just become just a shell of yourself. You, You start to lack the zeal for life. You become weak. You become weak. So what do we do? This is an issue. What do we do? I'm so glad that God has given us the good news today, that God understands how we feel. God understands what we go through. God understands the waiting. And and he wants to encourage us today. And what I love about God is that he gives us this option. He says that if you trust him, if you hope in him, if you trust him with everything and you trust him in the waiting, he says he will reverse what waiting causes. Instead of fatigue, it would actually give you strength would actually give you strength. That's amazing that God offers us that and that he will turn our waiting for our good. Now, today's passage comes out of the book of Isaiah. Now, we're going to turn there in a few minutes, but, but I want to give you a little bit of background. See, in the time that the book of Isaiah was written, the prophet Isaiah was writing to a divided kingdom, a divided kingdom, and they were experiencing economic boom and prosperity, yet they were spiritually bankrupt. And the prophet Isaiah was telling the people what God wanted him to say. And he was letting them know. He says, if you still go down this spiritual path, what you're going to find is that you're going to be bound and be captive in your life. And what happened was that a nation came in called Babylon and they came and they captured them. And all of a sudden their economic boom and their prosperity started to go away. And they became uh, in bondage. 
And so God gave these words to the prophet Isaiah to remind the people that he would come and that he would rescue them again, that they needed to hold on to the hope, that he didn't forget about them. And so these scriptures were written for the time where they would be exiles and that they would look at these scriptures and they would remember that God has not forgotten, that if they just wait on God, God will come through like he said he would. It was all about God's faithfulness. This is what's happening here, that through difficult times, they can always refer back and say, God's not done. Come on, when we're in a waiting period, we've got to remember that God's not done. God still knows what he's doing. God still has a plan. No matter what happens in this world, it's still part of God's timeline and God's plan. But we struggle sometimes with God's plan, God's timing. And I believe that this scripture will give us hope to put our trust in the Lord. See, God wants to rewrite our definition of waiting. He wants us to understand that waiting is a gift. Yes, I said waiting is a gift. I know it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like that in the moment, but I'm telling you that when you get through, and many of us has a testimony today to know that in the waiting period, we can look back and say, man, that was such a gift from God. He saved me from so many things. He prepared me for so many things ahead, but I didn't see it in the moment. But waiting is a gift. Waiting is a gift, and it can also produce some strength. I'm not talking about muscle strength. I'm talking about spiritual strength. It's supernatural strength that God gives us as we learn to wait on him in the right way. So what is the right way? How do I wait in the right way? Well, right waiting requires a proper perspective. Now, we've been saying that a lot lately. I hope you've been taking notes. You'll probably see that all throughout your notes the last few weeks. We've been talking about perspective. Perspective is so important because every time we have life circumstances come at us, we have to look at it with a biblical lens. We have to see it in a biblical perspective. So this is no different. A biblical definition of waiting usually is different than our definition. Let me tell you what biblical waiting is. It is active, not passive. I know we think about that. When we think about waiting, we think of being stagnant, being stuck, but it is not. It is about being active. Think about the sport of fishing. I I love fishing, but there's some people who look at fishing as a lot of waiting on the water, right? A lot of waiting on the water. And I want to tell you that if you know fishing, if you love fishing, and some of you guys out there, you're just, you're just, you're you're all excited because now you're allowed to go fishing. I've seen your Facebook posts, Hans, all right? (laughs) Bring some fish back for me, by the way. I don't get out there as much as I want to. But let me tell you that when I go fishing, you know, when I, when I go out there, I'm not just waiting on the water. When I, when I drop my line in the water, I, I'm in pursuit. When, if you really know fishing, it is active. It's pursuit. It, it's trying to, to, uh, to, to wait in a way where you come back with anticipation. I mean, every time I drop my line in there, every time I'm casting my line, I, I'm waiting. I'm anticipating. I'm in pursuit. I'm in pursuit, and it stokes that fire in me. Biblical waiting is the same way. There's got to be a pursuit. There's got to be an anticipation of knowing that God's going to come through, that, I, that my waiting has a purpose behind it. See, our perspective, it doesn't come from our feelings because we got to be careful with that because we don't always feel good. I'll be honest with you. There's, there's been moments in the last several weeks where I just not felt good, but I've been waiting on the Lord. I've been hoping and trusting in him. So I can't go off of my feelings and I can't even go off my own expectations because God says that his ways are not my ways. Sometimes I get caught up in my own expectations, but where do I find this hope? It's in God's word. It's in God's word. So let's look at God's word. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, it says this. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. There's a promise here. In this verse, but there's also a contingency on that promise. Who gets their strength renewed? Those who learn how to wait. Listen to what it says. It says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They should walk and they will not faint. Amen. Look at all the action words connected to this word called wait. He says that we will soar up to new heights in our waiting. It says that we would be able to go on a steady pace as we wait, that we will keep moving forward as we wait. I know this blows our minds because we don't see waiting in this way. We see waiting as a pause, but I'm telling you that it is an active word. So how do we activate our wait on God? 
no matter what you're waiting on today. And many of us can fill in that blank. Some of us are waiting for a child. Some of us are waiting for a spouse. Come on, Nick, say amen. Right? Some of us are, are, are waiting. <laughs> He's right around here somewhere. There he is. There he is. You know, we're waiting for the career change. We're waiting for the job. We're waiting for the, whatever you're waiting for. I believe that this will apply to you. But we have to learn how to wait in the right way. And the biblical meaning of waiting is this, is when we cast all, just like a fishing line, when we cast all of our hope, all of our trust in the omnipotence of God. You know, that means that God is all-powerful. God can do everything. I mean, that's who God is. And listen to a couple of verses before verse 31. It says this. It says that the Lord is the everlasting God. He always is, always was, always will be. He is the everlasting God. You need to be reminded of that. And it says this, he never grows weak or weary. He doesn't fatigue. He doesn't get tired. It says this, it says that he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. This is the thing. When we have to wait, don't we feel powerless? I know I do. It says even the youth will become weak and tired and the young men will stumble and fall. Come on, even the best of us will run and lose steam. Even though those that look like the strongest, they will, they will get tired. They will, they, will, they will drain. And that's hard. We understand that. But what I love is that it doesn't end there. The next verse says this, but those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Yeah, that's right. See, when I put myself in the limits that I have and, and the things that I can't control, but when I put them in, in the presence of God, when I line them up with God, all of a sudden it is endless of what the possibilities can be. I am never without. So the right way of waiting requires me to trust in God's omnipotent power. Waiting, waiting helps me understand my limitations and it teaches me to fully rely on Him. Yeah. Come on, you got to look at waiting differently. It teaches me. There's a lesson to be learned. It is is the teacher of our soul right now as we're waiting. And I don't know how long we have to wait on things, but I trust in the Lord who's in all, has control. And that he's he's got the final say. In Christ, it will constantly be a, a, a supply of strength for us. You know, this Hebrew word for wait, it's translated as hope and trust. Maybe your Bible translation says it that way. Instead of waiting, it says hope and trust. And I think when we think of waiting, we think of a pause and a standstill, but it's saying when I hope and I trust in God, our strength will be renewed. Here's what we need to ask ourselves. What am I waiting on? What am I waiting on? And who do I have my hope in? I think sometimes why we're so frustrated in waiting periods is maybe we're putting our trust and our hope in the wrong things. Maybe right now, what's so frustrating about this waiting is maybe we're putting all of our hope and our trust in the government. Can I say that? Maybe we're putting it so much into other things, and maybe we're putting it into our, our, our economy right now. Maybe we're putting it in our 401ks, and we're looking at it, and we're saying, man, I, that's where I put my hope and my trust. Maybe it's in the wrong place. What are you placing your hope in? See, when we feel like we're in a waiting season, if we don't see a red light or a green light, and that's what I'm talking about, when you just, when you just feel like you're not hearing a yes or a no, you're just there, it can be so hard. And it could feel like your time is being wasted. But let me tell you, God does not waste time. He's given us this gift, and he values it. And so God does not waste the waiting. He doesn't waste the waiting. So we need to remember that that what God says. See, in Isaiah 40, 31, there's this verse that says that when somebody goes through this storm, when somebody's going through life and they don't know what's on the other end, when life seems unpredictable, when they feel like they may not be able to get under, this verse is for you. If you're feeling that way today, God's giving you this verse today to hold on to because it's going to give you hope that your, that your hope and your trust isn't in someone else. It's in the Lord of Lords and, the, and, the, and the, the host of heaven. It's in the great I am. It's not just in anything on this earth, but it's in heaven. Right. And he wants to remind you of that. And he says that as you put your trust and your hope in him, all of a sudden you will receive strength and you will be increased in your faith. Yeah. You will learn to walk this out. It will expand your, ter- your capacity to endure right. because you will be given strength from on high. You know, since it's Mother's Day, 
I wanted to share a, a quick story about my mom, who, who's, who's demonstrated this in my life. <sighs> my mom didn't waste the wait. She waited for many years to see her son come to Jesus. And let me tell you, I didn't make that easy on her. I went through a season of my life, about a five-year season, where I told my mom, I said, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I don't want anything to do with the church. I don't want anything to do with Christianity. I know that's funny right now, but at the time, man, I was dead serious. And I didn't just say that with my mouth. I made sure that my lifestyle reflected that. And I just went on a binge. I just went off in, in, my, in my own darkness for quite a while. And I remember just, just living in that and, and refusing. And I know that it broke my mom's heart because she looked at my life and she saw how broken it was. And it broke her. It broke her heart. You know, I remember how my mom handled that during that season. My mom waited on, on her son to come to Jesus. How did she wait? She waited through prayer. She waited through prayer. You know, I remember uh, one night um, I, 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 was, I was just being reckless and, and um, you know, not, not caring. And, you know, I, I snuck out of my house. I was a teenager at the time, and I, I snuck out of the house. And I went out all night getting drunk with all my buddies. And I remember getting back to my house around 4.30 in the morning. And I remember going up to the window, getting ready to sneak back in, and, and I saw my light on, and I thought, uh-oh, I got caught. But as I looked into the window, I saw my mom. And she was in my room, and she was, she was over my bed, and she was praying for me, praying for her son to come back to Jesus. And I could hear her through the window, and I could hear her prayer, and I'm telling you, it pierced me as I heard my mom pray for me. And you know, the, the thing that got me the most was that she had to work at 5.30 in the morning. Let me tell you, waiting cost my mom some sleep. Wow. It was active waiting. She waited for me because she knew that I had to come to God on my own terms. Now, I wish I could say that, that it was that night that I gave my heart to Jesus, but I still had two more years of running into my own darkness. But then one day, one day I, I, I found God. And it wasn't in the church. Or say, he found me. He rescued me, but it wasn't in a church it was in a back alley at 3 a.m. And I believe that was all because my mom was praying. It was a God's amazing grace, but it was my mom's prayer that I was able to find him in the darkest time of my life. But it's because my mama knew how to wait. My mom knew how to wait. And she trusted God, that God would bring her son back. She had a lot of patience. You know, I, I, I looking back now and understanding God for myself and understanding how God works, I can tell you that my mom lost a lot of sleep that night. My mom fought and contended for me that night, and she still had enough strength to do an eight-hour-plus workday the next day at 5 a.m. How did she get that strength? It was because of God. And she continued to do that for a long season, but she never gave up. She always trusted. She always trusted. My last point is this, is, Right waiting requires submission and obedience. Submission and obedience. We don't like that word obey unless it benefits us, right? Unless it's us asking people to obey. Like parents, right? You want your kids to obey, right? And you do everything you can. But as an adult, man, if somebody's asking you to obey them, oh my goodness, it makes you cringe, right? It puts the little hairs in the back of your neck to stand up because you're like, how dare you tell me that? And sometimes we look at obedience with God in the same way. We're like, I don't want to always do what God is pushing me to do. But let me tell you, there's a difference here. It's all about relationship. When we obey God, it's us submitting to God. It's us doing it in a loving way because we know that God's way are our best, even if we don't understand and the timing and the waiting and all these things. But we submit. We continue to press on. Obedience and submission and waiting on God. It's all the same thing. I'm submitting to his will. I'm submitting to his timeline. And it's hard sometimes, but we got to do it out of love. God's not the God that wants to lead our lives with a bunch of have-tos. He's a God who wants a relationship with us. And in that relationship, he teaches us his ways. And when we learn his ways, we, we understand that his ways always lead to life. God wants us to have an abundant life. He's not trying to, 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 to make you wait on things that will never come. He's a God who wants you to be prepared when it comes. He's so good that way. But it takes waiting and it takes being patient. Patient. 
My mom was able to wait. Wait on the Lord for her son to come to him. But she still had to make some hard decisions. There was times where her obedience was tested when she had to give me some tough love. But I believe that it was, it was in that obedience that she trusted God. And she allowed God to break me. To let me be broken. And it was hard for her to watch. And she still had to have so much patience in those times where she saw me getting broken. That takes patience. See, there is a breaking that happens while you wait. I wish I could tell you that wasn't true, but I see it time and time again. You know, we all scream and we all want breakthrough, but we never want the breaking. Waiting provides a pressure in your life that refines us, but it's a pressure that breaks. Sometimes God uses the waiting period to break something off of us, and sometimes he uses this pressure of waiting to break something in us. Something that God is breaking me, breaking in me during this season is the sense of having to have control. It's so hard. I want to have control back, and I feel like I don't have it. I don't know when we're going to open up the church. I don't know what's going to happen next month. I don't know when things are going to be lifted. I don't have these answers, and I'm used to always working through those things. But I don't have it. But what it's causing me to do, it's causing them to break that sense. And now I have more faith. Now I trust God each and every day with that control to know that he's in control and I'm not. But I can trust him. And I have to pray that prayer every single day and live my life that way every single day. And something is breaking off of me in the process. That's what he's doing for me. I'm confident that my mom had to wait. My mom had to wait. And I believe that in her waiting, she was breaking as well. God was refining her. God was giving her strength. That's how she was able to stand strong in the midst of dealing with a crazy, rebellious teenage son. I want to speak to any parent right now that has some prodigal children right now that you've been praying and praying and praying. I want to tell you, don't give up. Continue to have hope. They're not lost. God knows where they're at. Let's just keep on. I'm telling you, there is no prayer like a mama's prayer for their children. I believe that that has a special place in heaven. As a youth pastor, I would grab the parents, and they were struggling with their kid. They, their kid was run away or, or, or lost in addiction or whatever, going crazy, losing their minds. And, and parents didn't know what to do. And as a youth pastor, I would just grab them, and I would give them my testimony. And it was that testimony that gave them strength and courage to have hope and trust in God. I believe that if that's you today, I want you to know that we're standing with you. We're believing for you. We know that God's not done. And this waiting season, just, just let, let go. Trust God. Be active in your faith. Continue to pray and believe. God's not done. Because it says that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. People thought I would never change. You know, some of you are watching today and you knew me back then. All my Facebook buddies back in high school. Shout out. Your, your mind's blown right now. You're like, he's a pastor? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you're watching. But you knew that. You thought I would never change. And there's some of you that are looking at situations in your life right now. And you think things will never change. You prayed, you prayed, you prayed. And you're growing tired. You're growing weary. And I want to tell you this morning, don't waste the wait. God is moving. God is faithful to you and to his word. So keep on waiting. Learn to wait the right way. Learn to trust and obey and break away from trying to do it your way. You know, this morning, I I believe that we're going to take a moment right now as we're wrapping up here. (laughs) It's so good to talk to you guys. I I surely miss you guys. I can't wait for the day that I could see your faces. I know a lot of you are carrying some heavy burdens right now. Heavy burdens for your family, for your friends. There's a lot of uncertainty right now. I want to know, we're there. We're there with you. We're standing beside you in spirit. But right now is the time for us to bring all of our cares before God. Okay? Maybe this is going to be your first time doing this, and you're just going to trust God with this big thing. Maybe this is your thousandth time. 
and you're coming to God. But you know the good news about God? God doesn't get tired of it. He doesn't care how many times we come to him just as long as we come to him. I mean, God has so much patience for us to work through whatever he has to. And so he wants this moment. So let's bring that moment to him. I hope that you're, wherever you're watching, whether it's in your car or in your home or whatever, in your bedroom, wherever you're at, I believe the Holy Spirit is right there waiting for you to just come to him and just say, God, I need you. That's the most powerful prayer you could pray. He knows exactly what that means. That's how big our God is, and he knows exactly what that means. And so together, let's pray. Let's bring this cares before God, and let's ask him to help us through the waiting. There's lessons to be learned. There's strength to be given. But it all comes with us seeking the Lord. It says those who wait, not just waiting, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Shall renew their strength. Who needs their strength renewed? I know I do. I need it in the waiting. So let's pray together right now. Father, I just lift up every every eyeball, (laughs) every person, every soul, who's listening to this sermon, God, who's, who's, who's right now responding in faith to a God that they cannot see, but a God that they know exists because they can't deny the presence of God on this earth and this universe. You are everywhere, God. You are also here with us. You're powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving. I pray that you take us as we are today, God, as broken as we may feel, as, as out of control, and maybe, maybe just feeling a little crazy right now, being in, locked up in a house. You know our state, you know our heart. You're able to weed through all that and find the depths of it, the center of it. And I pray, God, that whatever that is there, God, whatever we want to give you, whatever cares, whatever thing is, is burdening us, Lord, let us bring it to you. Let's trust in you. Let us take this time to learn and grow in the waiting. And we're going to stand on your word that you said that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like wings, like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they should walk and they shall not faint. Lord, teach, teach us and show us how to do this by your grace. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. We love you. We're so thankful for you. I'm glad that you brought us in today to, to hear this message. Hey, if this message has touched you, if you feel like you want some extra prayer, will you please put something on the comments and uh, reach out to the church? We got some pastors here, some people on staff that would love to respond to you, even today, even right now within this hour. And we would love to pray with you. I'd love to pray for you. We believe that we're here at Grace Church. No one stands alone. So we want to stand with you in all these things. But hey. In just a few minutes, we're going we're gonna, to uh, give you something fun, a little treat. Uh, we did a drive-through family photo session yesterday, and we had a lot of people come out. So why don't you stay tuned? We're going to show you a little slideshow from that. But God bless you. Mama's out there. We love you. Have a great day. Be celebrated. Be blessed. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. For joining us this morning. What a great message from Pastor Omar. Here at Grace, we say no one stands alone. So we want to make sure that you're able to stay connected with us. We have Zoom groups on our Facebook pages. So we have Zoom groups for men, women, and kids.
For our youth, you can stay connected through Instagram on Grace Youth Fed. Just look them up, they do stuff every week and you don't want to miss it. You can also access our services online through YouTube and the link is on our website. If you need prayer, reach out. Let us know. We want to pray for you. We are praying for you. But if we would be able to cover your specific needs, we would love to be able to do that. And you can see that number on the screen below. We love you and we're praying for you. And we look forward to seeing you next week.